Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Listening to the Tamar Yunus Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Today we are going to be talking about directions and U.S. COVID, Afghans remember, Russian debt, and BRICS versus old empires slash commodities. If you can't tell by my voice that I'm very congested and don't feel well, I want you to know. Because I am dedicated to you, my dear listeners, I crawled to the microphone here to be with you today. But Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, our guest for today, is going to be doing most of the show just to save me from having to speak. Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues, Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Thank you. And it really would be better if you didn't speak. I mean, you're not sounding well at all. Uh-huh. Oh, what a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go for it. Let's really punch it in, pack it in for our guests, okay. for our listeners. Okay, uh, first of all, let's start with just a few brief um, uh, news reports, things that don't seem to be prevalent in normal news media that people are aware of. So there's a new COVID variant. They're calling this with the um, uh, 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 amazing name of XBB 1.5. I have no idea what those, what those letters or numbers might mean. Um, apparently, this, uh, this COVID variant spreads 12.5% faster than any previous variant, and it is spreading in many, ca- in many places. Uh, 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 it, according to the U.S. CDC, it is spreading in the United States quickly. Quickly yeah. is not really a number, so I don't know how quickly quickly means, but uh, but that's what they said. I just want to say here that I heard there's a new variant go, going around. It's called BS247. Get it? Okay. okay. Get it? Get it? It's a joke. BS247. Okay, go ahead. Never mind. Okay. okay. Whatever. Um they call it the most transmissible subvariant so far. Um, all that is okay. I mean, it's kind of maybe you like it, maybe you don't. But the point of the re- CDC report that really makes uh, um, uh, uh, makes my ears jump up was a a, a sort of they talk although this a subvariant. We'll call this a subtext. The CDC also admitted on Friday, this past Friday, that the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, quote-unquote, raised a flag for brain strokes in the elderly from the booster. I so there's a significant um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, danger of stroke for people who are elderly, that is say elderly, by, according to the CDC, anyone over 65, I'm significantly over that. Um, there's a danger of stroke in the first 21 days after having gotten the booster shot. 
Lucky I don't need a booster shot because I never took the original shot. So I don't really care about boosters, but okay. This is the um, this is a report coming out of the CDC. Um, reported very disturbing because um, this is not the first time we've heard of this kind of issue with the uh, 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 shots. I, I hesitate to call it va vaccine, even though Pfizer BioNTech does call it a vaccine. Uh, vaccines, normally speaking, prevent contracting a disease, and we all know that the 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 the, the shots from Pfizer and Moderna, and as far as I'm aware, the others as well, do not prevent spread of the disease. All they the the best claim that they can make is that they make the from anyone who's received who's gotten the disease, who's contracted the disease, um, uh, they get them they get the disease apparently not as strongly or something like that anyway. But another point here that we, need to be, that we need to be aware of, all of us, is that it's not only in the U.S., of course. Last week, an elderly lady in the U.K. was ambulanced to a U.K. hospital after collapsing and vomiting blood. She was, uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, ambulance was called by her relevant, uh, relatives. She was about 70 years old. She was admitted to the hospital after 15 hours in the ambulance. 15, one, five hours in the ambulance. I've reported on this issue previously, but this is a specific case. The lady subsequently died. We need to be aware that the healthcare systems throughout the entire so-called Western world are in big trouble right now. In Europe, what we're seeing is general collapse of the healthcare systems. We're seeing this in, uh, 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 in actual reports in uh, the UK, in Italy, in Spain. We've not seen any reports so far from France and Germany. That's to say, I've not seen negative reports. I've not seen any reports about the healthcare systems in France and Germany. Um, but we do know that in the UK, in uh, um, uh, Spain and Italy, at least, Healthcare systems are in big trouble. Apparently, the Ukrainian, the influx of Ukrainian refugees is one of the uh, reasons that are being blamed for this. That's to say, the healthcare systems are simply overloaded. I don't know the accuracy of that report. I do know that the problems are very real and uh, illustrated by this unfortunate um, elderly lady. So. Someone, anyone who is in Europe or is planning to travel to Europe needs, needs to take into account that these reports are apparently um, raising a lot of so-called red flags around a lot of places throughout the Western world. Okay, we'll go, we'll go on to the next subject. Um, as everyone knows, uh, the U.S., was engaged in a war in Afghanistan for 20 years. The United States lost something in the order of 2,460 plus Americans and 20,000 injured. That number is an interesting number, unfortunately. It's about, it's almost exactly the same number as we, if we look at pretty much random middle-sized cities in the United States, let's say Chicago, San Francisco, and Philadelphia, that's about the same number they lose. The Americans, America 
loses every year to violent crime in the United States. So every year they lose the same, the same number of Americans in three cities as they lost in 20 years in, an, in a war. It's an interesting number. A very unfortunate number, but an interesting number. Um, the Afghanistan war cost the American taxpayer about $300 million per day. Compute that out for 20 years. Okay, all that is pretty much well known. What's not well known is that there were many thousands of Afghans who were uh, who had received uh, very the most advanced U.S. combat training, so-called special forces, and they are now being massively recruited by Russia to serve in Ukraine. The reasons why these Afghans are allowing themselves to be recruited are, are joining this, this fight. And remember, on both sides, there are very, very large numbers of mercenaries on both the, fighting both for the Ukrainians and for the Russians. Uh, the Afghans are joining the Russians. In the Af and remember, Russia invaded Afghanistan. Afghans do not like Russians. The Afghans are fighting for the Russians, according to them, to avenge themselves on America because of America's betrayal of Afghanistan. Um, people need to be aware that since um, America retreated from Afghanistan, um, Al-Qaeda, Taliban, and ISIS have reformed and are spreading rapidly and growing rapidly, all three organizations, all three organizations are very bad people. So, um, uh, um, uh, um, the Afghans are remembering what happened to them with America, and they are um, uh, um, looking at this, I would say, askance, not to the maximum benefit of America at this point. This is not good stuff. This is not good stuff at all. Um, these people are highly trained and highly motivated. So people need to be aware, again, that the reports coming out of the normal, the so-called uh, 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 mainstream media in the United States concerning the war in, in Ukraine, these reports are, shall we say, highly inaccurate. Okay. Um, Shall we go on? Um, we only have a, a, a few a few seconds left before the. We have about yeah thirty seconds. So, okay, yeah. what else are we going to be talking about when we get back? We'll talk about Russia's debt. Very interesting um, uh, uh, comments from the World Bank about the debt from uh, uh, Russia's long term uh, long term debt, uh, national debt, as compared to the United States um, and, and other places. And afterwards, we'll be talking a lot about the issue of commodities around the world. All right. Well, that, that will be interesting because we are always hearing about America's debt. So it'll be interesting to hear about Russia's. All right, everybody. We're going to be back in just a minute and a half. 
Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Tamar Yoda Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We're back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we're speaking with Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. And as you can hear, i am uh, got a lot of congestion, but I crawled here back to the microphone just to be with you all so I could deliver a show. That's how dedicated I am. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we were, we were, we're going to do this uh, segment. We're going to learn about the Russian debt. All I always hear about is the American debt. It would be very interesting to hear the debt that Russia is in. Take it away. Okay. In February of uh, uh, 2022, Russia's government debt stood at about 17% of their GDP, their gross domestic product. That's compared to America's debt, which at the time was 130% of GDP. It's now grown even more. I don't know exactly where it stands at this point, but it's mammoth. And the World Bank 2023 forecast David Malpass, the very high official of the of the uh, uh, World Bank, stated long-lasting sharp deterioration, shortages of liquidity, fertilizer, and food in almost all developing countries well into 2024 at least. Expect 2024 to be a very hard year. What he was referring to was that 2024 will not be, 2023 is a very hard year. 2024 will not see a relief of that. And why, what, is he, what is he basing this on? Um, what he said was that uh, for the last several years, basically since the beginning of the corona, which means now uh, we're talking about basically three years. Remember, corona began in uh, 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 December of 2019, which is why it's called Corona 19, right? Um, we've seen a, 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 a dearth of investments in infrastructure, a dearth of investments in um, uh, um, fuels, that is to say uh, fossil fuels. Uh, a lot of these companies like uh, BlackRock and other companies like that well, actually, I shouldn't say that. There's almost no company in the world like BlackRock. BlackRock is sort of in a class by itself. It has uh, larger asset holdings than the vast majority of governments in the world. Um, but these companies have been uh, uh, have have cut back on um, uh, investing in um, uh, fossil fuels for their um, um, ideological reasons. Uh, the so-called ESG movement. And so we're seeing insufficient investment in, um, in the future of energy around the world, which means that um, uh, 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 world consumption is dropping sharply. Remember, the entire Western economic model for the past 500 years has basically been centered around public consumption. World consumption is dropping sharply, something we have not seen at this rate, since the 1930 depression. 
So when this gentleman, very high official uh, of the World Bank, states that uh, there is a shortage of liquidity, a shortage of fertilizer, and a shortage of food, several countries are already seeing these shortages uh, in a very poignant manner. Um, uh, this past week, Pakistan, for instance, notified that it does not have sufficient cash to import food to the country. This is after the country suffered terrible, terrible damage from floodings over the past few months. Um, they've already um, wandered around most of the Middle East with their with the begging bowl. Um, most countries have already given them hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more. So Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, the United Arab Emirates, each of them gave each one of them gave close to a billion dollars in cash, and it's insufficient for their needs, for basic needs. Uh, China has very high youth unemployment. This has not happened for a long time. Basically, historically, if you look at China over the last several millennia, when youth unemployment rises sharply, revolutions rise sharply. Is that what's happening in China? We don't know that yet. Satellite photo photography has shown us that there's a great deal of unrest in China, and the COVID is, extract, is extracting from the Chinese people a massive price. What do we see in the satellite photographs? We see that uh, 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 tremendous quantities of automobiles, for instance, in, around um, uh, cemeteries and funeral homes. In the U.S., in Europe, and in Japan, production is not expanding. Poor people are cut off from fertilizers, causing the increase in food shortages. Food shortages are rising around the world. Everyone's heard of what happened in Sri Lanka because of a uh, 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 overly great devotion to the to the imitation uh, green movement. It caused the collapse of the entire economy there. Similar collapse, as I said, is happening now in Pakistan. And we expect other countries to follow suit. Uh, Bangladesh does not seem to be healthy right now. And many other countries um, uh, in, in Africa, and perhaps even several countries in Latin America, appear to be having significant food issues already today. So again, if people are thinking about, uh, about taking trips, you need to be uh, a little bit cognizant of what's going on around the world today uh, before you decide where you're going to go to on trips. Uh, an interesting comment concerning that, by the way, is um, we've seen, we, we've seen uh, uh, this past summer that the water levels in European rivers were very low, too low to allow river navigation, and rivers are the primary uh, transport mode throughout Europe, um, basically for the last three millennia. Well, this winter, there is an unprecedentedly small amount of snow in the Alps, which of course is, the snow is what feeds the rivers. Huh, so we expect the Rivers this summer to be even lower than they were last summer. Wow. 
And of course, this will not only impact transportation, this will impact the growing of food as well. That's where the water comes for irrigation. And when you have water problems combined with uh, fertilizer problems, you have big problems. Huh. So Europe, uh, I'm talking about, you know, people are accustomed to, to people talking about food problems in places like Pakistan and Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. They're not accustomed to hearing about that in Spain, Portugal, Italy, Greece, Germany, France. Right. right. <clears throat> so these are real issues. I'm not saying there is a food shortage. I'm saying that there is a high likelihood of a food sh- of food shortage. Well, there. I guess this is why 2024 will be worse than 2023. Yes. And of course, we don't even know what the actual rainfall during 2023 is going to be throughout Europe. But so far, uh, precipitation has not been up to par, has not been healthy. Same here in Israel. Correct. Correct. We had excellent rainfall in October, November. We did. We even had uh, uh, um, above the um, um, uh, average. Um, Above the uh, seasonal averages for mm-hmm. those months. Right. But December was very dry. January has so far been quite dry as well. And we're short, at least um, compared to the, um, uh, the the average, we're short about 120 millimeters, which means we are only a little bit above 50%. We're below 60% of, of where we should be. But Israel has developed desalinization. And so we can take the water from the Mediterranean Sea, which is, of course, abundantly infinite, basically, and yes. desalinate that and feed our people uh, and, and water our crops, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you can go beyond that. Um, Israel is the number one country in the world in terms of reuse of, of, of wastewater. Um, we reuse... More than eighty percent of the water that that, that uh, of household water, it goes it, it's rec- uh, reclaimed and and goes back to agriculture, so that that's part of that part of that same equation, and of course eighty percent of our water overall comes from desalination comes from the basically from the sea. By the way, not just the Mediterranean, but we have a desalination plants in a lot as well. So also the Red Sea. Hmm. We are very blessed. We are very blessed. Absolutely. Um, our young, uh, young men and women, um, with their, 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 their brilliant inventions and their innovations, um, uh, um, uh, we're already saving tens of millions of people around the world, just in the issue of, of food and, and desalination now the, the combination of the two. Uh, and of course, Israel is also a, a major exporter of fertilizer, by the way. We are, I think, number five or six in the world in terms of uh, exporting of uh, fertilizers. So you're saying that we shouldn't have too much of a problem here agriculturally next year, this year, next year? No, I don't. I don't believe that Israel will have any significant issues in terms of what we grow. We may have issues with what we import because, of course, we import the vast majority of our grains. Now, uh, historically, for the past several years, we've been importing from. Ukraine. You know what? Hold on. Hold your thought. 
We're going to go to a break now. We're going to be right back, everybody, for our last segment. We are back here at the Tamariano Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. We're talking about directions. Where are things going? We've talked about uh, the United States, COVID, Afga- Afghanistan, and Russian debt. Now let's go to BRICS versus Old Empire's commodities. Go ahead. Okay, BRICS, as most people are probably aware, that's a, a, an acronym for um, uh, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, which was, it was originally not any sort of a formal grouping. It was just a, 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 a sort of a handle given by, by journalists to describe the, the, this, uh, these five countries. Um, today, <clears throat> it is rapidly becoming an actual organization, and other countries are attempting to join it. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, the, the, it, it, there is no actual organization yet, but it's sort of trending towards that kind of a thing right now. Now, what what we're seeing is the primary um, uh, um, uh, um, lost the word. Um, the primary uh, uh, way that these countries are described is that all of these countries are massive suppliers of commodities throughout the world. For instance, all of these people that think that, they, that they, they're going to save the planet by the green technologies, well, none of those green technologies are at all possible without Russian commodities. They're simply physically impossible. The commodities do not exist in the quantities that are needed uh, in other places. Um, Russia is a major supplier of many, many minerals that are critical to industries throughout the world. Um, and so, of course, um, uh, are uh, uh, Brazil and South Africa and etc. And some other countries that are attempting to join these, this, this idea of the BRICS are, for instance, the, the um, uh, 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 Gulf states, that is to say Saudi Arabia, uh, Bahrain, Kuwait, uh, uh, Emirates, etc. Also, all of them are commodity rich. In their case, the the primary commodities are uh, oil and natural gas. Notice I said primary because one of the things people aren't aware of, for instance, is that Saudi Arabia, other than oil, also has other minerals which are much less well known. For instance, Saudi Arabia has a very significant amount of uranium. Now, one of the interesting things about uranium that people uh, may not be readily aware of or have forgotten is that America used to have uranium of its own. But when Clinton was the, um, uh, 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 the um, what's he called, uh, foreign minister, uh, uh, State Department, the head of the State Department in America, she sold it all to Russia. So America today has no uranium of its own, even though it has um, uh, uh, about 100 
um, um, nuclear station, nuclear power stations for uh, electricity, it has to buy the uranium from Russia now. I'm going to make a statement that people are not going to like. And it's a, a, a takeoff on something that is well known, but it's the opposite. The business of China is business. The business of the USA is war. For the last many decades, the primary business of the United States, at least for the past uh, uh, 20 some odd years, if not more than that, has been war. Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, the two largest defense contractors in the United States, actually the two largest in the world, their stocks have risen by over 100% since February 22. No food company has done anything similar. No company in any of the no American company in any commodities or anything that serves people has had a similar rise in their stock their stock price. Now, here's another thing I want to say that people are not going to like. America, United States of America, is of course the world's largest supplier of weapons. Of what? Around the world. I, I, I miss what you said. America so, is the uh, largest. Um, uh, um, Mordechai, I miss what you said. America is the largest provider weapons. of what? Of weapons. Weapons. Ah, okay. War, war material. Now, the United States has, it's, it's the largest supplier of weaponry around the world. It's also, of course, the largest supplier of weaponry in Europe. Now, it turns out that America's biggest competitor for weapon sales in Europe is Israel. And so the American um, uh, 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 military-industrial complex is not overly happy with Israel at the moment. They don't like competition. For instance, Germany was about to buy the Israeli arrow system, anti-ballistic uh, uh, missile system. And the United States is attempting to stop that, prevent that. So how does the United States prevent an Israeli sale of a major weapon system to a country like Germany, for instance? It's a very interesting story. Um, let me preface it by saying expect the unexpected in 2023. It is almost guaranteed. The European Union just issued a quote-unquote, request that Israel compensate the EU for buildings that they constructed and we have destroyed because the buildings are illegal buildings. As most people that follow Israeli news will know, um, European Union and, many, and several European countries fund the Palestinians uh, uh, um, uh, uh, illegal building attempts, not just in the areas of uh, Judea and Samaria, the so-called West Bank, but also in the Negev and in the Galilee as well. And of course, illegal building is illegal. It is not legal. It is against the law. And so if you build a building that is not legal, your building will be taken down. And so the EU is now 
demanding that Israel uh, 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 recompense the uh, uh, European taxpayer for their loss. It's sort of like asking the court for clemency after someone mur murders his own father on the grounds of him being an orphan. Right. That's the that's the uh, definition of chutzpah. Yes. So the, the the EU is spending hundreds of millions of euros every year to fund illegal construction, and now they want to be recompensed for us upholding our laws. Of course, they're the whole point of the exercise is that they they want to uh, 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 um, uh, uh, damage our sovereignty throughout the country. And again, not just in, in Judean, Judea and Samaria, but in pre-67 Israel as well, in the Negev. I was just on a trip last week to some, some visit some friends in, in, in the Negev. Um, the state of illegal construction there is a tragedy. It's, an, it's, it's terrible because, you know, they think that they're helping the Arabs. They're actually doing the Arabs themselves enormous harm by these things because these buildings are not going to be, nobody's going to allow these buildings to remain, of course. So these, this is a terrible thing that the EU is doing. But the point is, where does this idea come from? The idea came, the, 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 the source of the idea was none other than Mr. Blinken himself. So we need to be aware of uh, uh, how the United States is attempting to compete now for weapons sales throughout Europe. They want to block the weapons, the, 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 the competition to American companies from Israeli companies by uh, uh, using a very crass uh, political machination. Not shocking, but not pleasant either. Let me go on here from the, uh, we'll talk about commodities themselves. And okay. I began by mentioning that I mean, everyone probably knows there are two basic methods for investment research, either bottom-up or top-down. And bottom-up strategy, you look for individual stocks with specific requirements that you, that you find uh, uh, of value to you or of interest to you. Regardless of the overall market, a top-down looks at a big picture, focusing on macro factors to discover trends. Regular listeners will know that I prefer top-down. Um, that's just my preference. There's no reason to necessarily prefer one above the other. It's just a question of what people prefer. I happen to look at big picture. That's what I do. So if we look at Ukraine for a moment... Uh, the country's economy is in a horrible shambles. Millions of people have fled. We talked about this previously when we talked about the Western European health care systems. Um, somewhere between uh, uh, 15 and 20 million Ukrainians have fled. Almost all of them fled westward. <coughs> uh, 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 the infrastructure is nearly totally under... Uh, um, uh, 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 Russian control, what remains of it. Um, most of the infrastructure has been totally destroyed. By the way, not only by Russia, but a lot of that infrastructure was destroyed by the Ukrainians themselves um, as so-called false flag operations. Its entire industrial capacity 
uh, um, and most of its agricultural land are already under Russian control. Again, negating what most American news outlets have been telling you. Ukraine's military capacity and economy are now entirely dependent upon the United States. Now, if you're listening, for instance, to outlets like Fox News, you'll know that America has already contributed $100 billion towards Ukraine. All of that, of course, has gone up and either gone up in smoke or is ensconced in Swiss bank accounts. Um, and Biden has just announced a, a, an additional tranche now in this, this past few days. So the commodity, the, the uh, Ukraine, which till now was a very large source of commodities around the world, is totally out of the picture of the commodities. So if anybody's thinking about investments, one of the areas that they should be thinking about, I'm not telling you what to choose, but one of the areas you should think, be thinking about is certainly the commodities market. The commodities are going to be very strong, very interesting over this coming at least two years, 23-24, I would expect over the coming decade in its entirety. But again, you can, you can, not everybody likes to look at commodities in terms of investment, investment things. The United States and all of the Western countries are in a process right now and this is pretty much agreed upon by almost every analyst that I've listened to, their basic objective at this point in time is to move forward as quickly as possible with the elimination of paper money. They want to gain control over all financial and monetary transactions. Just to give you a, a, a picture of what's going on here, in 2022, the Swiss Central Bank reported a loss of $131 billion, the greatest loss in 116 years. Central banks don't usually lose money, certainly not in that massive quantity. The first time in uh, nearly two centuries that the Swiss government will not receive a dividend from the Swiss Central Bank. As a general by the name of Gerald Salente, who I find very entertaining, um, very irreverent, and unfortunately almost always correct, and I say unfortunately because he tends to say things that are not pleasant to the ear. To the ear. Especially his cursing. Uh, yes. He's got that, a that, mouth. That, He's got a mouth on him. He, he does have so a warning, everybody, if you don't like to hear yes. dropping bombs, <laughs> don't listen. Go ahead. Yeah, he has he has a rather colorful uh, 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 language, but uh, uh, he he really is quite brilliant, and he has a, he's a uh, uh, publisher of something called the Trends Journal, um, uh, which is a periodical that uh, looks at trends going on around the world. It is if you're if you're capable of tolerating his his basically dirty mouth, well, it's not that terrible. It's, it's just unpleasant. His mouth is unpleasant. His thoughts are very pleasant. Um, when governments go fully digital, they're not going to want any competition. 
And as I said, he is seldom wrong. So we're talking, we're looking at a process that will probably take between three to five years. What does this mean for your bank? Again, I've been saying for the last several months now, you should think about avoiding the large international banks. If you're storing money in a bank at all, if you're, if you're using a bank for wealth storage of any kind, I strongly recommend avoid the large international banks. These will be the first ones to join the government crackdown on their, their own fiat currencies. And this is coming. I'm absolutely convinced. This is a time to protect yourself. As I said before, a few moments ago, one area where you can protect yourself, in my personal opinion, is in the area of commodities. I readily admit that that's what I do. This is where the BRICS countries are now coming to a new four. So we need to be aware that these processes are proceeding in parallel. We are almost definite that the movement towards digital government-sponsored digital currencies will begin. Um, uh, the U.S. government has already stated made some statements openly that they're working on it. They have not stated a timetable, but we are convinced that these things are going to happen, and they're going to happen fairly quickly. So that's the state of the world today. That's the directions that we're looking at uh, 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 right now. And um, Pretty scary. that's where things to be heading. Things, things seem to be heading for the coming months. That's pretty scary. This, this can also set the stage for the Chinese social credit system. When they've got control of your money, they can close you down, lock you down, where, you, where even if you stuff cash in your mattress, it, you know, you're black market, if anybody still accepts it, etc. They've got control, complete control over you. And now they, I understand they want to stop people from having gas stoves and gas ovens. Oh, Craziness. Well, that's, that, 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 that's almost on a level of a joke. I mean, they're, they're, but you know, this way they've got you. You're not connected to the electric company. You can still cook if they, you know, they've got complete control over you. Anyway, we got to end the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem and all of you for being with us. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas. 
now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Doris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 